nice things. Hello, good evening and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled New Year special edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this, uh, well, it's not, it's a drizzly New Year's Eve, sadly. Uh, not deep and crisp and even. We have... My name is Paul Carmichael, and this week I've had a terrible issue with my pipe. Your pipe? My pipe. I've had terrible problems with my pipe. Which pipe? Oh, this that pi- pipe. No, no, sucky pipe, not weeing pipe. Ah, good, good, good. Not that pipe. Uh, the seasonal sort of inflammation of the urethra is not bothering you. <laughs> no, no, I haven't had an issue there yet. Uh, urethra Franklin. Uh, yes. As they call it in the medical, medical profession. Uh, so what's up with your pipe? My pipe is... Uh, well, nothing's up with the pipe. The pipe's absolutely fine. Yeah. I went to the to the shop, you know, the only shop, really, uh, to get some juice for my pipe. Um, right. Two days ago. And it was it was about six o'clock in the evening, so already, obviously, it's getting late. Um, Ooh, yes, and I, six so o'clock. I, there you go. The witching hour. Exactly. So yeah. I... So I, I I got the other things I needed. I got some milk, etc. And I went to the counter and I said, oh, two of the usual to the chap. Paid for everything. Off I went with the plastic bag he'd put things in. At my request, Ooh. got home and he hadn't put the two little, my, my two liquids in there oh. for my pipe. Nightmare. Well, I didn't Christmas discover this nightmare. until about half past eight, so obviously I wasn't going to go back then. I thought, oh, absolutely no. not, I'm not doing that. Well, six quid going out of the Christmas budget, dear. Well, because I thought, well, I'll go in the morning. I yep. will simply return in the morning and I'll say, oh, this happened, and they'll pass them to me. Then I couldn't be bothered. Oh. So what I've ended up doing is I've bought some cheap grapefruit flavoured right. thing and it's absolutely abhorrent. It's disgusting. So I've emptied it out, got the dregs from all the little bottles I could find, yeah. and I managed to fill it up with proper stuff. Mm. But now it tastes of soap. Oh, no. Where did you get this uh, grapefruit gear from? Supermarket. Ooh, never trust the supermarket. Never I know that, uh, I noticed Morrison's now have a sort of vape bar inside the main store. This is where this came from. Ah, the they've vape got a vape. Bar. They've got a vape bar, and they're all shit. It's basically designed yes. to appeal to toddlers. What they're doing there, right? Well, think. of course, yes. It's bloody expensive as well. It bloody well is. It's ridiculous. Really? Yes. Well, this is what you get. Well, I, d- I don't have a market near me. I'm afraid where I can... ah, you can't beat the market. My uh, bed on the market. She's great. Uh, yeah, I've got a farmer's market, but that's not quite the same thing. I've got one of them as well. We've got everything here in Widnes than us. it's the earl's court of the north absolutely yes Yes. anyway anyway so there we go so um christmas is done dear isn't it thank god oh (laughs) thank god for that that's all i can say right okay fair enough yeah i've found it a bit tiring this year yeah i mean i suppose it's uh as we enter our frail dotage um you know we sort of don't particularly want to do anything for these two weeks we're off work no we find we have to yes it's one of those busy holidays where there's stuff to do i don't like that i don't like that at all but the advantage is that on the brief moments one has a bit of time off of course is that one can watch some television 
Mm. And I believe you've uh, watched some contemporaneous oh, television. Oh, <laughs> dreadful. This is the trouble when you're held prisoner in someone's house <laughs> for the festive season. It's yeah. like that. Hey, are you like this? Oh, will I? Are you sure? <laughs> um, so, yes, I sat through, let me think, something called The Cleaner, I think it's called, with Greg Davies, where he's, he cleans up after murders for the police. I thought this was a French film, as Jean Renault was. Oh, no, 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 no. Greg Davis. He doesn't even drive a Renault. Oh, okay. Is he not Greg Davis? He's funny because he's tall, yes. He's very tall, and he's very good. And to be quite honest with you, if anything is the saving grace of this, it's him. Because he's just, he can just make anything kind of semi-watchable. And it actually... In the end, it was okay. Let's just say that. Okay. It was all right. Okay. All right. All right. This We've being Christmas, though, you would think that we were getting the best that was on offer, but we've got oh, something yeah. that's okay. It's, it was okay. It was okay. okay for a sort of Wednesday evening in April, let's Excellent. just say. So um, uh, and do we move up or down from here? If we play no. play your cards right, are we going higher or lower in terms of quality? Things got things took an unfortunately dire turn mm-hmm. after this. I thought, right, I've done half an hour of this. I've shown willing. It's Christmas. Uh-huh. That's fine. Yes. You know, um, I've sat through the cleaner. Mm. It weren't great. No. But we've got through it. Yes. No. Absolutely not. The next no. festive treat I will love yes. was a thing called Ghosts. So Ghosts is going into its fifth series. It's incredibly popular. It's incredibly bloody awful. Right. I believe that it's made by the people who made Horrible Histories. That's right, yeah, it is. And it is like just subpar CBBC crap. It's absolutely well, crap. Yeah, somebody Not funny. said to me, no, somebody said to me, you'll love this. And straight away I thought, no, in yes. that case, absolutely yeah. not. Before You I'd like Blackadder, it. click. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely not. No. Um, so I did watch it Ooh. once. Mm. And no, absolutely not. It was just appalling. It was dreadful stuff. Dreadful. A Tory MP with no kecks on. That's yeah. funny. All yeah. right, I get that. That was sort of spitting image. One gag, 1986, that was, you know, amusing. And mm. now we're in 2022. It's constant. He obviously died with no kecks on. Yes. All it's right. like someone's taken Rent-A-Ghost. Mm. Right. And completely made it unfunny. Well, and I'm like talking that. like Series 7 of Rent-A-Ghost. Peak you know, when it was just Sue Perkins yeah. sneezing. Absolutely. Not Sue Perkins. <laughs> What's a bloody name? Miss Popoff, Nadia Popoff, Sue Nichols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audrey Roberts, whatever her bloody name is, Sue mm. Summer or other. It's just her sneezing, yeah. the horse uh, running round. I love the horse. The horse, the is, horse is great. Yeah. Um, you know, Mr. Meeker going, ooh, pulling his face. Edward Brayshaw, right. can't beat yeah. him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, an amazing actor. Oh, and yeah. a, a, yeah. an incredibly striking-looking actor when he was young as well. Mm, yeah. Um, so they've taken all of... The sort of I, I don't know what their motivation is. It, as you say, it's incredibly popular, so they're going to keep on making it. Mm. But it was sort of mawkish and sentimental at the end, and it didn't really for me. It was just like very amateur, I'm afraid. Mm. Okay. Very amateur and very not funny. And it had that uh, patina, as I call it, but they say patina these days mm. of children's BBC. It's interesting, isn't it? Because 
uh, because you actually asked me whilst you were watching it, you said, is this made by children's, uh, the children's yeah, department? Yeah. No, no, this is comedy department. Mm, I, I think, think I think the issue here is back in the day is when things were better. Yes. I think that any comedy that went out at seven or eight o'clock, mm. I think it was designed to work on several levels. So mm. there was plenty of stuff there that I wouldn't have got as a child, but my parents would have pissed themselves at. Yeah. But then there was stuff in there for me to laugh at as well, whether it's Eric Morecambe putting his glasses to the side or whatever. There's the, enough there for me to laugh at. Whereas the, there's this, nothing to laugh at this is for the a thing. kickoff yeah. for anyone. But I think it's safe. It's so safe. It's super safe. And mm. you know all the characters. Mm. Like, there's the sort of... She reminded me... Is it Mrs. Hudson in Upstairs, Downstairs? Yeah, Angela... Uh, Badly, Angela Badly, I think her name was. She played it very sort of like personal. And she just does that face, yes, all the way through. Yeah, the woman, she's doing, you know, that she's yes. doing Mrs. Hudson, and it's just like right, okay. So there's yeah. that. There's the Tory MP with no kecks on. Yes. There's the Scout leader with an arrow through his neck. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think there's a Victorian actress or a something. Something like that. There's a caveman. Neil oh, the caveman. <laughs> Get fucked. No. 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 Just no. no. All of it was just no. Right. You know okay. what I mean? And like you say, everything's so safe and so nice. And Terry and June was safe and it was nice, but I don't know, it, it, it sort of worked for me. Well, it worked because of the joy of the opening titles always being a bit different and you never knew whose chair would collapse. That was the first fun bit of Terry and June with the yeah. opening titles. But then I think there was enough in there. Watching it back, as I did about five years ago, there's right. a fair amount of source in there that I wouldn't have got. The saucy humour yes. going on. Whereas I was just laughing at Terry Scott going, <laughs> everywhere. Ah, but how funny that is was, that? That was enough. That was enough. How funny is Terry Scott just huffing and puffing? I love that photo. You know that photo where he stood by a bridge pointing and his car's stuck at the top and it was one of those bridges that opened and it was because he got completely pissed one night. He was driving his car and they were opening the bridge and he got right to the top and his car was teetering before he'd run. Clearly I should get out. And he I've not seen that. Oh, it's a brilliant photo. And he's there pointing at his car on top of a bridge doing a proper Terry Scott face. Oh, oh I will find that and send it to you. It's I, I love Terry Scott. Oh, love Terry wonderful. Scott. I think there was a sort of in, in, innate safety about being in the hands of Terry and June for half an hour. Mm. you just like, right, I'm all right here. Yeah. And if it was 45, 50 minutes at Christmas, all the better. Absolutely. You know, Terry Scott with, with tinsel. And Absolutely. Turkey. And Reginald Marsh. And Reginald well. Marsh, yeah. Were they Tom and Beatty? Or was that another couple? It was Beatty. Now then, it was Beatty, but it wasn't Tom. You're thinking Tom and Barbara from The Good Life there. Right, so, yeah. But uh, her, she was definitely... Malcolm. Malcolm and Beatty. Malcolm and Beatty, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. Yes. Was that Reginald Marsh and his wife? That was, yes, that was. Yeah. He was Malcolm, yeah. Oh, Because wasn't there a sort of hierarchy with Reginald Marsh? Wasn't he Terry Scott's boss? Mm. That's right. He always played bosses. It's interesting, isn't it, Reginald Marsh? He's either playing workman and he's down on the ground of the factory floor getting his hands dirty, like in the in the plane makers, that's mm. his role. 
And then in about 1973-74, after that point, Reginald Marsh only plays the boss. Bit of a yeah. wide boy or something like that. But it, that's, you know, he suddenly makes that transition. Mm. If you look at IMDb, it's stunning. He's got all of these roles and you go, oh, northern, working class, good. To- oh, now he's the boss. Yeah. Strange, strange career trajectory. Well, he get, he sort of ends up looking distinguished, doesn't he, round about that point. He gets oh, God, those, yeah. as they call, wings in his earth. Oh, yes. He, he, he gets grey and uh, he has a moustache as bushy as a walrus. Mm. But, yeah, you knew where you were with a Terry and June at Christmas or even a Never the Twain. Oh, yes. You know, once again, you're in safe hands. I mean, even that was just Windsor Davis in one corner and, uh, you know... um, Donald Sindham. Donald Sindham puffing. In the other. Perfect. That was it. I watched that for half an hour. Absolutely. It was a brilliant one. Have you seen that one where they have to guard the the crib at at the church? No, I because don't the, they borrowed them the statues so. for it and the kind of mycin and stuff like no, that. No, I haven't seen it. No, no. And they've got to guard them all night, and they're just in the church all night, the two of them. Mm. It's brilliant. And it's... Windsor gets a chicory curry, <laughs> you know, and he's oh, I'm starving. I'm going to get a curry. Well, that's all that you need, isn't it, Windsor Davis? Eating a curry, eating a curry, shouting, going purple. Ah. Oh. Carry On England is the best for the purple face. There is nothing better than Windsor Davis getting jolly cross. Nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I I managed to avoid all contemporaneous television. You didn't even have a Count Magnus? No, I didn't, no. No, I read some reviews Mm. because I was going to watch it. uh, And I will watch it. Yeah, but I you will. said it wasn't uh, favourably reviewed. It's not been favourably reviewed. So I've got yeah. it. I've got it on the box. It's recorded, and I will mm. watch it. But it's like if I'm going to do a ghost story for Christmas, then I'll I'll let's pop over to Lawrence Gordon Clark and do it properly. I think. Did you watch Stigma? No, I didn't. I I went for uh, Lost Hearts. Ah, yeah, it's a I, weird one, Lost Hearts, isn't it? Because the kid in it is a bit odd. With his fingernails. The kids are interesting because they're managing to not act and overact despite mm. having no lines to say. No. Which I, I love. I mean, it's the both of them are dreadful. Absolutely awful. But I love it for that. Have I you watched The Ash Tree? No, I've not watched The Ash Tree. You've never seen The Ash Tree? Never seen that one. No. All oh, right. The little... Should... Oh, well, you'll see it. There's some little mad creatures that live in the ash tree. Really? Oh, yeah. And they are actually terrifying. Consider oh, okay. it's 1973. I'll have a look at the that. The BBC Maybe... visual effects guys did an incredible job with those little things. Oh, they were good, though, weren't they? Oh, they yeah. Were, they were the good. ash tree's I, brilliant. I may have a look at that tonight, then, whilst pretending that I'm social, which I don't. Uh, on your don't phone? Know. Yes. I'll just sit yes, you're going no. to a party, aren't you? Uh, don't you like to. parties. I don't you're a very like sociable party, boy. I'm not. Uh, you'll get there and you'll be stood in the middle like Robert Stevens. Um, just well, regaling everybody. No, I, I mean, if the party could come to me, but then the issue is it's in my house, and then, of course, you just want people to leave. Which makes uh, well, tricky. you've had enough visitors this year, dear. Uh, I can't be doing with it now, frankly. I need to be able to... Yeah, you know, walk around looking at camera three and that sort of thing. Did and you what? not uh, treat your house guest to your um, own personal interpretation of Christmas TV? Uh, no, oh. no film films were put on. Ah, what films? Um, Logan's Run. Good film. 
quite long. Is it? My memory is quite short. Well, it's over 80 minutes, and that's the cutoff. Right, okay. So, get to the 80 minute point, you go, wrap it up now. That's enough. Okay. Just just do that. And then Planet Terror, which is. Never heard of that. Interesting. It's released as part of a double bill with a Quentin Tarantino film about a car. Is it death? Something. I can't remember. Um, But Planet Terror is shot. So, it looks like it's been shot on 8mm. And you're about mm. four generations down from the original. So it wow. does have the authentic look of an 80s, early 80s bit of shit. So that right. was interesting. But it lasted about two hours. So, uh, yes, yes. So, that's that's quite long for you, dear. It's, it's quite long. No, I, I think so. So, you know, it's just more things to add to the list of absolutely not. Um, when it comes to television and films, including a recommendation I've had from uh, Mr. Livesley, who says Taboo, which is oh. 2017. Absolutely not. It's brilliant. No, it's not. It's brilliant. Tom Hardy is one of the most unique actors I think we've ever produced. He's brilliant. He's absolutely I like, brilliant. I like Thomas Hardy. Yes, I know you do, but Tom Hardy is fantastic. Tom Hardy looks like a thug. Yes. Yes, he, he lo- plays a thug. He looks like, yeah, if, no, if you met him in a pub, he'd do one of those really, you know, you know those handshakes. Yeah, oh, that's just sure. That's it, it's one of them. Yeah. All right, yeah. Oh, well, that- he's played um, Charles Bronson in Bronson, <sighs> you know. Not not the movie dude, the, the guy in jail. Yes. Yeah, you know who he is. Mm. Uh, he played uh, kind of the head of the Jewish mafia in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I know. Another yeah. aggressive chap. Um, let's have a think. He played the Cray Twins. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. I don't know. And like the Cray uh, Twins. in Taboo, he plays a guy called James Dempsey, who's come back for revenge. I, but I don't know. Because it's just. Because ultimately, he looks like somebody I would think, oh, I don't want to know you. If I met him in a pub, I think, mm. no, I don't want to. Because of the handshake that he'd do. I know he'd do the handshake. And you know it too. He'd give you a proper hand crusher. There you Geisha. go. What? Yeah, one of yeah. them. No. Yeah, he's he's very good. He's a very idiosyncratic actor. It's very interesting, his style. It shouldn't work, but it does. Especially in Peaky Blinders. Oh. Well, that's on the list, along with that other thing. What? Number, number nine. The room... Room number inside room, number nine. Inside number nine. That's inside number nine's brilliant. I haven't watched the Christmas one. Well, and uh, nor shall I. So it's a brilliant series. Inside number nine. That, but people keep saying that. Is that anything is more so good? Is that anything more off-putting than people saying, "Oh, you should watch this"? Well, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's very, very good. It is very, very good. I know it shouldn't, because people say it's good, therefore, like mm. ghosts, mm. it shouldn't be any good. Mm-hmm. But it's very good. Mm. Well, I'm going to reserve judgment. I'll I'll try Taboo if you watch some Last of the Summer Wine. There we go. Last of the Summer Wine is utterly, totally just dreadful. It's not. That's It went on for how many series? 28? About that, yeah. Yeah, awful. It's no. magnificent. It, it was kind of all I see with Last of the Summer Wine. It's like Songs of Praise, Last of the Summer Wine. Mm-hmm. Kill yourself. No, but then I, 
again, well, I'm going to have to play the Pope card here because yeah. isn't that the perfect Sunday? Surely, last of the summer wine, songs of praise. No, you don't really, why not? You're better off with something hard hitting and fast paced like Taboo on a Sunday night. Oh God, no! Who? Yeah. That, but it's stressful. Has it got cliffhangers? I suppose it has. See, I yeah. don't want that. It's got some all. amazing performances in it. Oh, it you sounds... should get some Peaky Blinders down. You, it's brilliant. I, absolutely not. I'm not it's watching. Brilliant. No, it's set I'm, in Birmingham. I don't. It's set in Birmingham, but it's not filmed there. There might be the old alleyway in Birmingham. Oh, I, I don't wish to see an old. It's filmed alleyway. in Liverpool. You like Liverpool? You're a Scouser. Uh, from Tox's death, yes. Oh. But however, no, I'm I can't I can't bring myself to do it because aren't there about eight series? Six, no five, oh. six. Oh no! Oh, it's this... gripping. You wouldn't stop watching it. I would, you know, and I have already. I've tried twice with that first <coughs> episode. It uh, took me four watches to get into it. Right, this isn't uh, this isn't good though, is it? If it's something you've got to force yourself to watch four times, and then eventually your brain gives in and goes, just just do it, just do it. I was it. pissed the first three. Right. So it was just you can't follow complicated plot lines and stuff when you're pissed. Uh, again, complicated plot lines. I mean, it's very good. It's no. very good. Last of the summer wine works yes. at at the start of it. Right. When it is just the three blokes and uh, Nora Batty and Wally yeah. and uh, who's the dude in the cafe? Sid. 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 Yeah. It, and it's a small world and that works. But by the end of it, it's like got these massive, massive casts. Well, that's because they kept dying. And I think for the last two years, Peter Salis couldn't do anything. I think he was blind and deaf. So he'd okay. sort of sit on set, sort of like looking from side to side. And then occasionally you just say one line always as a cutaway. So you needed Burt Kwok. And that was Burt genius. Burt Kwok was in it. Burt Kwok did about six years of, of Last of the Summer White. Oh, yeah. There you go. And Thora Heard was in it. And then there was that bloody Marina and Howard nonsense that went on and on they... and on and on and on. Yes. No. Oh, it's brilliant stuff. So you like our 28 series? I, I haven't watched all 28 series, but I could. I think that one of the standout seasons of that was the one where they brought in. Now let me try and remember when, when Brian Wilde, yeah, first left, yes, and they brought in Michael Aldridge. Ah, Aldrich, Aldrich, whatever Aldridge. he's called. Michael Aldrich playing Seymour. Seymour, that was an interesting character. Yeah, he was a sort of eccentric professor type. Yeah, I thought that, but I don't think he stayed with it very long. I think, did he do one or two seasons? Oh, no, I think he did about three or four, you know. Right, he, okay. He did do a while, but then, uh, yeah, it's all he went. But then, then it's always like Compo going down the road in a bath with wheels on a summer. Hey, save us, Nora! Absolutely, but you're, no. watching, you're watching such a gifted actor in Bill Owen. You are watching. You're watching someone who worked with Joan Littlewood. You're watching a socialist, you know, clowning. That's pure clowning that he's giving you there. He's giving you his Grimaldi every week for free, apart from the license fee. But he's giving you that. Yeah. You know, that's that's a lovely, lovely 28 thing. years, though. 28 years, absolutely. He, he, he died before it finished. I think he did yeah, about 22. He got 22. bored. He's just like, that's enough for going down the hill in a bath shouting for Nora. Oh, no, it's wonderful. And Kathy Staff is Nora Batty. Wonderful Kathy Staff. She's... I used to like his matchbox. Oh, yes. I Did like that, that continue, that gag? 
that continued absolutely yeah. i think it was uh stolen by Tarantino. He's got a few things like that in Pulp Fiction with a box being opened and you... Well, it's an old trope, isn't it? It's like Mannerin's wife. You know, you never want to see Mannerin's wife. You always want to imagine what she looks like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I I like to convince myself that Tarantino was inspired by Last of the Summer Wine. He may have been. I mean, he was inspired by lots of uh, sort of, you know, British countercultural stuff. Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. You really should. Oh. It is fantastic. Is it a film or a series? A film. It's only two hours, 20-odd, something like that. And it's a joy. It just breezes by. I mean, it feels like seven episodes of Crossroads you're talking about. Now. It's great. You'd love it. I think. I love it. But naturally now, I don't want to watch it. Well, you're missing out on such a wonderful feast. Happy a cultural feast as well as a cinematic feast. Yeah, but there's so much lovely stuff already on the pile to watch. Go on, then. What's on the pile to watch that you need to get through? On the pi- Well, I'll show you what's on the pile. Ooh, lovely. Oh, yeah. Let's have a look. Is this is this new festive stuff? This is new festive stuff. Um, the thing lovely. that really is needing, demanding my attention yes. at least once a day is... No. Yes, yes. Now, absolutely. If I'm going to watch if Peaky Blinder, then you should at least watch some of the original 1960s Batman. All, I've seen all the 1960s Batman. Bloody hell, that box is thick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. How many episodes? 120. No. Is that how long it went on for? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 120 episodes of this. Wonderful stuff. But, no, oh. I'm, I'm... Well, when did you last watch it? Was it like me? Because I watched it, I think... I think it was when TVAM were having all the trouble with strikes, and I think they ran some episodes of Batman on TVAM, and I remember watching it then. I think but... Channel 4 may have reshown it in the late 80s. Okay, so we're still Maybe. talking... We're talking over 30 years then, dear. I hate to tell you. I know, but it's... I don't know. It's, it's, just... I, it's, it's worth a reappraisal. Look, I, I have issues with a lot of American television. Exactly. Be- because it's so earnest and because it like it wears its heart on its sleeve. Mm. Whereas this series gets its arse out on screen. It is so I mean that they're just it's just actors having a laugh, going, How far can we push this? How much can we get away with here? Um that's what I love. You can tell that they were just having a lovely time. It's absurd. It's bollocks. It shows the same studios with Lost in Space, so you keep hearing the same sound effects. Oh, that's enough for me to watch it then. I just it's, don't like superhero things. That's me. Nor do I. I think they're shit. I can't watch any of this Marvel rubbish. Apart from Joker. Well, I won't watch that, no. That's brilliant. No, but that's very serious, isn't it? Yes. Mm. This isn't. Batman in 1960s was not very serious. Is that what you're after? You're after sort of chewing gum? It's not so much chewing gum. I just uh, I don't like stressful television. So, like, when people go, oh, have you seen the new thing about the people whose kid gets kidnapped? It's on BBC One. It's really stressful. I well, no, I, I wouldn't watch stuff like that. No, but is this taboo sounds fairly edge of oh, the seat. Oh, taboo smashing. Yeah, but, but edge of the seaty. It's quite slow and plodding, actually. It's set in 1814. Mm. Um, but it's very good. Stephen Graham's very good in it. Do you like Stephen Graham? 
Right, I don't appear to have any time in the schedule uh, to fit this programme in. I'm not Why is that? Go on then. What's what's up with Stephen Graham? Nothing's up with Stephen Graham. Nothing's wrong with Stephen Graham. I just... So he did that thing in a prison a while ago, remember? Aren't they all in a prison that he does? Basically, yeah. And yes. I don't like that sort of thing. I don't, don't want to watch that. I'll watch Prison of Cell Block H because that's ladies in a prison shouting in Australian. They and are. Like, that's enjoyable. But if it's real things in a prison, I have issues watching Scum. Scum feels like something I have to watch occasionally, like Threads. I don't ever think, well, I think I'll watch Scum. It's like, oh, God, I'm going to have to just refresh on you, Scum. So Here's confession time. I'm not really keen on Scum. Oh. Yeah. Let's examine this. Why is this? Yeah, I'm not really keen on it. I don't know what it is. I think it's probably just too... It's a little bit too real, isn't it, Scum? It's a little bit too sort of... You know, there's no chuckles in Scum. There aren't. And it's been kind of devalued by countless people doing bits of it for you. Yes, you know, absolutely. But it is... It's, it's a landmark piece of telly that changed the law. Oh, do you know what? I don't think I've seen the original BBC version. I've seen the film. Okay, yeah, the BBC version is far superior. Right, so I need to have a look at it. Is it Alan Plater, or have I got that wrong? Alan Clark. Alan Clark, Alan Clark. Um, Roy but, Minton, I think. Mm, but I always it, like that name. It's a lovely name, though. Yes. A nice name to see on the yes. creds. But yes. I think that when you've... It's a bit like Peter Watkins, or, like I say, Threads, or things like that. Yeah. Occasionally, I feel like, oh, I'd better give it a... A watch and it's, it's not, not crap it's it's brilliant mm, it it's, is brilliant but it's I find intimidating it un- yes 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 i think it's a piece of television the suit the the sock with the snooker ball in yeah the crack noise that makes is just yeah oh no and, and i've watched it with people over the years you know who think it's funny all the violence in it oh this bit man like the pool ball but oh it's hilarious in it you like that well no no it's absolutely not no no, no, no. I don't so like there's that. all that to it. There's all that history. It's like I don't know about you, but I spent too many years. Let's just say they were probably it was probably eighteen months, two years mm. when you first left school, sort of hanging round with the rougher kind of boy yeah. who would watch Scum as if it was a comedy and then endlessly play Pink Floyd, The Wall, the album. Uh. Oh, right, okay. The Wall. Mm. Do you like The Wall? I'm not a massive Pink oh, Floyd fan. Well, I mean, there's there's Pink Floyd that I like, and there's Pink Floyd that is... Ugh, and mm. then there's Pink Floyd that makes me feel sick. Yeah. And the wall makes me feel sick. Mm. Because it's just... I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, Roger Waters is obviously quite the genius. Yes. You know, you listen to... So, for example, Pink Floyd I like, right? Mm. Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. Landmark album. Yes. And then if you listen to the lyrics of of songs like Time that Roger Waters wrote, it's stunning. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Uh, what is it? Far across the something field, the clanging of the iron bell calls the faithful to their knees to listen to the slowly chanted spell or whatever. It's talking about going to church. I've totally misquoted that. But, I mean, it's but it's brilliant. It's mm. brilliant. He, he, he is great on that. Okay. Um, and then live at Pompeii, fantastic. Mm. And then you get to something like The Wall, where it's just like, oh, no. 
But would you say, is there a massive sort of shift musically in what they were doing, which... Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. But, I mean, I'm not an aficionado. No. I think they were quite innovative, very innovative late 60s with Sid Barrett mm. to sort of digest and reshape and um, refashion popular culture mm. and make tracks like, you know, See Emily Play and Arnold Lane and things like that. Yeah. That were hits on their terms and, and really innovative. Mm. Um, and then Sid Barrett goes and Dave Gilmore kind of, there's a little overlap there. And then they make things, you know, like metal, mm. like uh, Atom Heart Mother and, you know, like Dark Side and like Animals mm. and Wish You Were Here and those albums. They've got this sort of, it's kind of, for me, the best of that sort of music is between 1970 and 1973 it's kind of mm. like that period yes were the same mm. you know you get the yes album in 71 fantastic uh, sorry 70 i think i don't know uh then wakeman joins in 71 and you get fragile and you get close mm. to the edge you know three in a row mm. real real i'm dingers oh, yeah. and then they do tales from topographic oceans which is just too long and drawn out and mm. they start to kind of then become as bloated and as soulless as what they're trying to change all musical movements do that don't they punk did that it kind of become everything it despised i think the risk is always if you suddenly go into the conceptual album isn't mm. it where you you're in serious danger of disappearing up the hole in the middle yeah yeah but there are some crackers there yeah yeah, you know, yeah. if you listen to snow goose by camel or something like that and there's mm. some great bands out there like hatfield and the north and, mm -hmm. and egg and that whole Canterbury sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Civil Surface by Egg is a great album. Right. Okay. But, yeah, the Canterbury stuff. Have you not delved into that? No, I've not. I mean, Pink Floyd-wise, I'm trying to think what I've got. I've got um, Dark Side of the Moon. I've got that uh, on, on vinyl. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I don't have The Wall. And I remember oh, no, being, being a bit bored of it i i think it was the fact that it felt quite shouty and it was like trying to rile me up and i don't, don't want mm, you to yeah I don't, I don't want that from you thank you just no do that meditative stuff that's all nice and floaty exactly you. lovely but don't try and you know if you go all political at me then i will immediately take the contrary position because i'm like that yes yes so, yeah and it is very sort of uh, very shouty and very mm. you know polemic Yes. And that's fine, but it's not for me. No. And certainly not sitting in rooms with the rougher kind of boy, um, smoking uh, weed and, and sort of listening to it. And, mm. you know, it's a no. weird one. It's a weird no. one. Boys who've been through the borstal system no. tend to like the wall. Oh, no. they, that's why they laugh at scum. That's okay. why they laugh at scum, because there you it's go. just like, oh, here's a funny thing that happened when my mate got slashed. Yes, absolutely. I've got to go on, my mum says. <laughs> you know, yes. it's weird, isn't it, that interface that you have? Because you you kind of, I don't, did you have this period whereby you didn't ever, I didn't ever fit in at school, mm. ever. So that's no. all right. You know, you find your niche and you plough it. You're just the, the funny one who does impressions of the teachers and, and does your thing. And you kind yeah. of tolerate it and you're not beaten up. That's all right. Yeah, You get yeah, to that yeah. point where you're not beaten up. Um... Yeah. And you, yeah, you you fall into your natural groove. Then you kind of leave school, and sort of you're into music or whatever it may be. Mm. And the 
kids who were alright in school, they're kind of they've got their lives mapped out a little bit, haven't they? Yes. Whereas if you like me and you like, oh well, school's ended, and I wanted, I, I, in hindsight, I was drifting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally drifting. I wasn't one of them kids whose life's, lives were mapped out for them, sadly. Um, so you drift into the wrong company. Mm. I don't know. Do you have that period? I think I had, I certainly had that drifting period. But for me, it was a bit later because my life did seem very mapped out, sort of like school, uni, and so on. And so right. I, I sort of like found, certainly uni, I, I just... I loved it, I've got to say. I enjoyed mm. being away from home. I enjoyed the arty silliness. I enjoyed all that stuff. Mm. It was when I finished there that suddenly I went, right, I'm not with those people who I've lived with for three years. Suddenly yeah. I've just got to find my own place here. And I've, mm. I found that bloody difficult to try and, mm. I suppose, to try and fit in and realising that I possibly didn't fit in with a lot of these different who didn't want to either it was that Mm. sort of thing so but i think it takes a while until you just go well i'll just be me then fuck it yeah i think eventually you get to that point though it certainly does it takes you till at least 45 Mm. 40 is like that 40 i found to be the lovely point where you just go don't care yeah all of a sudden don't care about what well about what i would say what i dress like what Mm. you think not interested um yeah that's a lovely lovely moment it is. It is. And it's interesting to reflect as the Ooh. year rolls by Ooh, yeah. on the passing of the years, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Um, uh, what is it? A man is the sum of his memories, a time lord even more so. It is. There we Indeed. go. Have you yeah. got any of this new year, new me business going on? Absolutely not, no. No, you don't well, hold with that. Uh, well, no, I mean, I was thinking, well, all right, so I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, what's been nice this year? Yes. Because it's been a bit of a mm, year, hasn't it? it? Has. It's it just has. like, it's felt like it's not got off its arse. And I think that's probably because we're all being distracted so much by arseholes in London deciding to screw things around. It's like, just you look calm down. You do what you're meant to do quietly and we'll mm. all be all right. What are they meant to do? Look after us? Yes. Right, okay. A functioning society essentially just makes sure that the poorest and most vulnerable are all right. You know that they don't. Well, have you would to, have thought so. You'd think, and that that's they are, the baseline. There you go. Uh, well, rather than a society where people are doing the old heat or eat game show, mm. you know that's. And I think that everything's been a bit distracted by the pure shit show of Whitehall this year. And also, I suppose what you're touching on there is simple survival for some people. Absolutely, it yeah. is now jeopardy. Isn't yeah, it? you know, I think it's it's appalling that as we go into 2023. Yeah. That's the case. You know, um, we're a month or so away from people really seeing the impact of those heating bills. But when this quarter's done with, oof. Well, apparently gas is now, the wholesale price of gas is now back to what it was. Before Before the stuff all Ukraine. this shit. It is. So, all right, then, okay, let's lower the prices. We lower the pri- we're not doing that. Why aren't we doing that? No. We're going to keep them here. I think now we're in a world, though, aren't we, where... Do you remember how when Major went, I think mm. it was when Major went, mm. that they become so sort of weighed down with corruption and and cronyism and mm. all the other business because like all uh, administrations, they become ossified, don't they? And I think that, mm-hmm. what was it, 18 years we'd had of that kind of slab of Tory rule. Yes. Um, and, and, and then that ended and it was kind of like... it. it 
it ended at least the perception within the media was it ended because it sort of collapsed under its own weight mm. of corruption and of um self-interest and it just become that thing uh, and then we were conned that it was all going to change things can only get better yada yada mm. um but now i think that had we had the level of corruption for example um Matt Hancock's landlord, pub landlord neighbour, didn't he switch to making PPE and made millions? All of a sudden, yes. It did turn out uh, that he uh, was able to produce all the PPE that we needed. And then, strangely enough, it didn't work. Yeah. And then you use a, a sort of, uh, you know, I'm a celebrity, and suddenly Matt Hancock's rehabilitated. He's all right. Yes. And all that business, right? Yeah. Right, okay. Okay, so that's swept under the rug. Then you've got this uh, bra tycoon woman, uh, Michelle Moan, is Moan, it? yes. Hasn't she made a shit ton of money off of all this? She's made a shit ton of money. Now, I think I think it's something like she was involved in the setting up of a PPE company, which saw an opportunity. They're saying she didn't see anything from it at all. Exactly. You've got right. that. Right. Yeah. And you've got this uh, Dido Harding, is it? Mm. Who made, was it 36 billion off an Excel spreadsheet? The old test and trace lady. That didn't yeah. work. <coughs> didn't work at all. <coughs> so, all right. And they're just the big ones, aren't they? Mm. So, that level of corruption in mid-90s, I think, would have been under greater scrutiny. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think, the pub I think the public are just fatigued by it. Mm. I, I think they would just, look, this is the way it is. It's almost like uh, Soviet Russia, isn't it? Mm. This is the way it is. We have to struggle... And we kind of, at the same time, were happy to consume this glitzy celebrity world in which anything goes. No, absolutely. There's no no culpability mm. at all now. No accountability. None, none at all. Um, the idea, I mean, go back 30 years ago, can you imagine Douglas Howe would have gone on to some celebrity programme? I can't really see that. I mean, it's it's a remarkable country that we're now living in. And I don't think, just from chatting to people on the Twitters and that sort of thing, I don't mm. think there's the same levels of bullshit happening elsewhere. I was reading a thing yesterday, because, of course, Matt Hancock's released his, uh, his book now. His about Christmas how, single. Yeah, about how wonderful he is. Um, oh, has he? Oh, yeah, and the assumption was, off the back of I'm a Celeb, so. this book would sell brilliantly, and it hasn't at all. But within the book, one of the things that he says he's most proud of from when he's health, uh, health sec is the Nightingale Hospitals. Now, okay. there were seven Nightingale Hospitals set up. Three of those didn't see a single <coughs> COVID patient. Not yeah. one COVID patient went to three of them. So we take that off. So we're left with four. And between the four of them, they saw a total of 276 people. Now, this is surely just a colossal waste of cash that did ultimately nothing yeah it's so strange and no one gives a shit no no one gives a shit nobody cares is it nobody cares because like i say the fatigued they're not mm. only fatigued by the the level and the amount of it it mm. just seems like i think that that's it isn't it we're kind of buried under the weight of it we are the ones buried not the those that should be held accountable no, absolutely, um, absolutely. But I mean, in in terms of the, the question that you were asking though, about, I mean, for next year, in terms of sort of like, ooh, what am I thinking of for that? Mm. What what I've loved this year, dear, is mm. actually just 
dipping my toe back into the old three lance just a bit and going, ooh, the, yeah. the, water, the water feels nice. So um, yeah. I think uh, more of that, definitely more of that mm. is, is what's needed for me now. Just a uh, bit of that. A bit of that's going to be very welcome. A buffet of creative challenge. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I think that's mm. absolutely that's what's needed. What about you? What, what's what, hope for 23? Ooh, 23 is already lining up to be quite busy, which is mm. nice. A buffet yep. of creative challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so aside from the obvious things, like the big show in London, March 23rd, Union Chapel, Islington, get your asses down there. Mm. Um, aside from that, um, this tour of this play, but mm. I want to write a book. That's mm. my ambition for this year. Mm. A slim volume. Yeah. Nothing too taxing. No. Um, for the reader or the writer, oh, quite yes. importantly, and yeah, that's what absolutely. I'm looking forward to because I find that when I write, I'm just it, the world melts away. Mm. It just totally melts away. Yes. So is. it's good to write because it's good to inhabit another uh, reality for mm. the duration of the writing. So I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the usual thing: want to get fit. Oh, yes. Healthy and strong. Oh yes. Um, but I, I find that um, I find that we are our each each other's jailers. If you look online, it's like the amount of people who are already saying, you know, New Year, New Me, bullshit, and it's just like stop it, stop that, stop, stop dragging people down. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I don't like that. I don't like any unnecessary. I I don't like anybody who whose sole objective in life is to stop other people being aspirational and to stop them, um, you know, wanting to improve themselves. No, absolutely. Because it's just like the the crabs in the bucket, isn't it? You're going to stay here and be unhappy with me. Mm. Claw. Back in. Yes. Claw. So, um, so yeah, Mm. I think that that 2022, for me, has humbled Mm. me. It's really humbled me. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to uh, deal with lots of things that yeah. have been needed dusting off and fixing for quite some time. So yes. long may that continue. No, I think absolutely. being humbled is all right. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to become more patient as mm. the year moves on. Do you think you'll manage that one? I'm making some slow incremental steps into it. I'm, for, so, for example, writing a book requires patience. Oh, God, yeah. So... Uh, I've done a few things this year that have required patience. And it's been like, you know, the compound interest of having patience and just waiting and and doing the hard yards, it does pay off. Mm. Such a cliche because it's true. Well, no, absolutely, it is true. You're right. The rewards are there. They really are. They Mm. really are. It's like that old saying, I always thought the grass was greener, but that's because I refused to tend to my own grass. No, no, absolutely. Sometimes you've got to you've got to trim your own bush, dear. You've got to trim your own bush, and that's 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 the New Year's resolution to that's trim lovely. the old bush. That's lovely. Oh, incidentally, um, we we had we had um, what's it called? We had somebody contact us on uh, on the Twitter. We got Did a we? DM. Yes. Um, oh. And I just thought I'd, I'd share it. We got it's off Jan. Hello, Jan. Jan Churm, um, who said she was watching us talk about Amy Turtle. So it could be any episode, really. Mm, could it? be. Um, but uh, it was her granddaughter's 
first birthday and she was thinking about how things had changed over the years because she was listening to us. Um, but she says, thank you to both of us. So thank you, Jan. That's thank nice. you, Jan. Yeah, it's really nice. Thank you. And a happy New Year to you. Happy so. New Year to you, Jan. Mm. So in, in sort of closing out the year, yeah. um, what uh, aside from the watch pile, have mm. you any nice things that you've accrued over Christmas? Oh, I have, actually, yes. Yes. Christmas morning, I haven't opened anything. Well, I mean, there's a few things, you know, there's big finishes. Oh, they keep doing these sales. More Blake 7. Are they good? Yes. Yeah. I can actually say these are good. They're, um... I was trying to work out why they're good. And right. I think it's to do with um, Chris Boucher who's a wonderful writer. Didn't he die recently? He died two weeks ago, yeah. yeah. But um, Chris Boucher script-edited the whole run of Blake 7, and he made sure that it had this voice, this one voice all the way through. And unlike other series that haven't had that, that have chopped and changed a bit, I think they're quite hard to revisit years later. But that series is Chris Boucher's voice all the way through, so it's quite easy to get it mm. right. Uh, I'm not saying, therefore, it's easy to write at all. But um, So, anyway, so there was that. Uh, but then book-wise, um, oh, God, well, I got this great big Tenko book. Oh, there's a Tenko book. There's a Tenko book. Look at the size of that, 750 pages of small type. So, uh, Oh, dear. I'll be wait, waiting Is that ever going to get that. read? Oh, yes. That yeah. one will. That's got production dates and things. Um, ah, I fancied a bit of scandal, so I also thought I'd treat myself. This is the uh, Alan Rickman diaries. Oh, okay. Oh, and he doesn't hold back. Does he that. not? Oh, I'll oh, have no. to have some of that. He doesn't hold back at all, especially on some of the younger members of the Harry Potter cast, who he didn't like. So. Ah. Nice. Um, He's brilliant in Die Hard. Moving on. Um, so, a uh, couple of records. You've got to have that in the collection. You've got to have Aha. Oh, now, what do you mean? Dreadful. How is that dreadful? Aha, we're always dreadful. This is a wonderful album. No. It is. No? No. No. But it's not It's not got that cheap mid-80s synthesised drum machine stuff going on. It's it's produced well, I think. That's the difference. It's not Stock Aitken and Waterman, hopefully. Um, it's a long time since I've listened to it and I haven't managed yet. Um, but I also got myself this. Now, this is a lovely album. This is by Caroline Eek. It's okay. a wonderful name. She plays the theremin. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a record of theremin music. But you've got um, her version of Claire de Lune, for example, which is lovely. Um, uh, an hour of theremin? An hour of theremin. Ooh. Oh, I know, I know. It sh- with a full orchestra. Mm. Just like a, it's just like a theremin concert. She did. She did. Um, she did the proms. She had a prom this year, as I recall. Okay. But and it's uh, and the album's called Thetis Twenty Eighty Six, and I like that because of the HMS Thetis. You know the old sub that went nose down years ago. Okay. So uh, and I was in a play about it. So as soon as I saw the word Thetis, I thought we'll grab that. Okay. There you go. Okay. So this. Plenty of nice things to keep me going for a couple of months. But yes, like you, plenty. like you, I'm working my way through the Robert Stevens. Yes, we have him right moment. here. Yes. I'm uh, Robert Stevens, Knight Errant, uh, available for 62 pence on Amazon. For the hardback. For the hardback in lovely Which, condition. Oh, it's perfect condition. And it's, I was going to say it's a relatively recent book, but 1995. No. So, I mean, I'm up to... 
chapter 15. One sitting, I've done 151 pages. It was tremendous. Uh, it is okay. tremendous. It's yes. great. <clears throat> very honest. Mm. Um, very joyous. Mm. Um, and it's just wonderful. It, it's, mm. it breezes through. There's none of this. I tried to read, and, and, and I love Graham McCann's writing, but I tried to read the Frankie Howard bio. Mm. And and like you you're fifty pages in and he's still putting on little shows with his sister oh. in the garden for the kids. It's just like oh come on mate. I, I mean I, fair enough I understand it. By I think page twenty of that, mm. you know Robert Stevens is up working with uh, Jeremy Brett in Manchester. Yes, he you doesn't know. he doesn't hold back. He gets through it. At a oh conflict. he does. He's Wonderful very honest written. about his parents. Yes, his family just he's just very honest. Full stop. Mm. I I even the introduction I thought was very well written. Oh, it's very good. And I I love the way it talks about how occasionally he'd go into productions, but if he wasn't told how to do it, if the director wasn't on it, then as any actor would, he played an awful lot, and you got theatrical performances which mm. didn't fit within the production at all. But yeah. if you didn't tell him not to, then why shouldn't he? Yeah, I mean it, it's very interesting. It's it's, it's an incredibly interesting book. It's. Uh, I think it's it's one of those because there's all those stories of kids who were born around about the 30s 40s um and it's a very different trajectory for them as actors because you know they do get scholarships and they do manage to go to the nice uh, theater schools i love how he talks about the education the acting education he went up to bradford mm. can't remember the lady's name who ran the school and he's just like you know we did two years two years is quite enough mm. you know no, and he was on about meeting up with Russian actors who were over who'd done five years with yes. Stanislavski, who mm. just told him, you know, get an actor proposed and throw it out the window. Mm. <laughs> and the and the way he talks about Brechtian productions, he's never seen one that works. Yes, never seen one that works because nobody's on the same page. Mm. And uh, English actors don't understand the alienation effect and stuff like that. It's, it's a very, very good book. If you're an actor, it's a very good book because the way in which it, he kind of you know, says the quiet bit out loud, such mm. as the Brechtian production. He's never seen one that works, and I've not, to mm. be quite honest with you. Mm. Um, and about the method as well. Mm. And and he's sort of more aligned with me from an acting point of view. Yeah. You can't... Well, he doesn't state this, but my belief is you can't teach it. You can't teach it. There's got to be that capacity existing within mm. the student who can believe yeah. in this conceit that it's, we set up and get on stage and, and do. that's it it's the belief isn't it it's you that ability that. to if you can't disconnect if you can't detach from reality and just step into this fantasy world and inhabit fully you can't do anything with that it always for me it comes back to you know uh elizabeth sladen whose thing was always you know the monsters in Doctor Who may look a bit shit, but if I don't believe in them, why would the kids That's believe right. in them? Did you see you know? Maggie Philbin's tweet this week? I did see Maggie Philbin's tweet this week. I thought you would have seen that. Oh, yes. She I like used to that. be Sladen's double for yeah. driving. Yes, I like that. It's crazy. Uh, and then, But what's lovely, of course, with it being the internet, is people immediately go onto it and they're trying to work out Oh, they did work it out. What, yeah, it was a, a Granada production of a, a comedy, I think. I can't remember. She says that Ronnie Corbett was doing something, and that dates it quite precisely. So uh, it must have been something involving the BBC. 
Yes. Or maybe absolutely. she was doing that job the next week. But Robert Stevens' book is mm. most definitely, you know, the honesty with which he talks about all his affairs and his drinking and mm. the honesty that in which he discusses other people's proclivities really surprised me. Yes. Really surprised me that the lawyers passed that mm. as safe. I suppose everyone was virtually dead, though. But the stuff well, he says about Maggie Smith mm. is very I honest. And I suppose that having been Mrs. Mr. Maggie Smith, then he felt that he could do that, which is, even that is fascinating. You see Maggie Smith now. Mm. Good God, you were with that man. Then he went off with her from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And it's a staggeringly yeah. good story. And uh, Lady Antonia Fraser. Mm. He has a ding-dong with her in it. And um, Margaret Layton. Mm. Um, oh, Lords. Mm. He was a prodigious shagger. Well, it's quite as something. Tom so, might say. So you had Antonia Fraser was at it with Harold Pinter. Yes. And that's Joan who she left Robert um, Stevens oh, for, yeah. which thus broke up the relationship that Pinter had with not only his wife, but he was also having a bit on the side with Joan Bakewell for and a number of years. Olivier was having <coughs> tons of affairs whilst with Joan Plowright. Oh, yeah. That he discusses, you know, quite cavalier. Mm. You know, and it's what's interesting in there is like, you know, he mentions Chris Downs an awful lot. Yes. Who's sort of his dresser and uh, other things. And um, how, you know, it's kind of like who knew what, mm. you know. And he had an affair with Judith Stott, Dave Allen's first wife. I mean, he's just constant. Yes. Constant, yeah. you know. Absolutely. But he just breezes through it. There doesn't seem any kind of acrimony in any of it. There's that lovely John Lemege quality. Yeah. Oh, this happened. Yeah. Which I love. But you know what I, I found really interesting is looking at Stevens as a performer and Brett as a performer, they mm. are very much cut from the same cloth. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and you can see why why they both played Holmes, I think. You know, they've mm. both got that capacity for playing that role. But I think that um, stylistically, in terms of the voice, I think there's an awful lot of similarities going on with the way that they play the text. Yeah. You know, they've, they've clearly sat down and worked the text and read it out loud and... Every single, you know, every single sentence they've tried altering the intonation ever so slightly till they've arrived at something that's perfect. Nothing's ever said. Well, the Sherlock Holmes sent him mad the way Billy Wilder worked. Mm. He just, Billy Wilder said to them, you know, um, he said, film's cheap. We'll just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot till I get it right. And they do scenes 29 times. Him and Colin Blakely. Colin Blakely comes out of the book very well. Mm. You know, that whole period at the National with Olivier. Mm. Uh, that company there, the names oh, are just astounding. It's and I amazing. watched, I watched this week that 1983 production of Leah, the Granada TV one. Yes, um, you know, and in that, Jeremy Kemp mm. and Robert Lang. Oh, and Robert Lang is wonderful. Fucking hell! And Robert Lang's involved in that national. There's a lot of national faces in yeah. that 1983 production. Yeah. Oh my. God, Diana Rigg is in it as Reagan. Mm. Uh, Dorothy Tootin as Goneril. Um, Robert Lindsay. Um, Leo McKern as Gloucester. Mm. Oh, you oh, don't watch it yet? No, no, I haven't. You I haven't just follow yet. it. You can follow it. Yeah, well, you like can I follow said, the text. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. If it's said well, it's you. You have no problem. This is the thing that I always try to explain to students when they're approaching Shakespeare is the words almost don't matter play the play the emotion of your voice 
and look at the punctuation. It's like jazz. You know, if you try and take this little bit of jazz to pieces, if you try and dismantle it and analyse why does it work, try and do that with some Miles Davis. Well, well done, you've broken jazz. Mm. You know, with Shakespeare, you just you find the right emotion and you play the punctuation, and my God, it's beautiful to listen to. And you do mm. understand it because we all understand emotions. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Because that fear, isn't it? That I don't know what that particular word means. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just enjoy yeah. the sound. Enjoy the emotion. That's oh God, it's a great production. That. Yeah. Mm. You know, seventy-five for Olivier to pull that off, mm. who apparently was in the early stages of dementia. It's like really, mm. you know. Well, yeah. he's he can play this. I mean, maybe he probably learned it in the forties or something like that. So it's in. Well, that's it, and that's when we go back to the old Michael Gambon quote, don't we? Where he said, you know, when you remember the lines, you go home, and they just leave your head. Apart from Shakespeare, that shit sticks forever. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's. Have you very watched true. any of Alexander War's um, videos on Shakespeare online? No, he's an Oxfordian. Oh. No. So you've not then? No. Very interesting. No. Almost David Aiken is uh, working out of the hermetic code and what this means. And... I have no doubt at all. He's got too much time on his hands. He wants to get a proper job. That's what's yes. going on there. That's all I that suppose. is. Ridiculous. I suppose, but then, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's not short of a few quid, Mr. War. Well, I'm sure he's not. And clearly he's a creative person. So write a book. He Just... has. No, no, but not about your arse theories of... of just nonsense write an actual book write a story if you're capable of coming up with this horse shit write a book it's very compelling he makes very compelling arguments well mr david benson put me onto him and benson is absolutely convinced oxford wrote it all right Okay. Yes. Will it include the stuff written after oxford died which people always he, he wrote it before he died really he was writing things in advance to leave after he died. Bullshit. So, anyway, back to Leah. So right. I noticed another two lines that Viv had nicked in mm. Sir Henry Rawlinson End. Um, Go on. So, I, sh- I should have brought my little notepad up, shouldn't I, Mother? should have brought up my notepad. Um, the one I recall, you can tell me if I'm right on this, if I'm remembering right. Go on. It's, uh, do not bandy looks with me, you rascal. Yes. Yeah, so that's Leah as well, is it? Mm, that is, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that one, that one made me sit up and go, ooh. Yeah. Because we've got vile jelly already. Yes, that's um, um, when he's shouting at Oswald, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, and what was the other one I noticed? There was a fresh one that I noticed. Um, but no more of that. Yes. But no more of that. Yes. And the way in which it's said. Mm. And so it's kind of, most definitely now, I know that Garmengast is a massive influence on Rawlinson End, 100%. Mm. I mean, um, there's some surviving fragments of a concept piece he did with Steve Winwood on Garmengast. Boy in Darkness being the, because it's one of the books of Garmengast. Uh And that's the track that's extant. Um, So I know he was into Garmengast, but, and I know from Andy Frizz, Andy Frizzell, that's how they met. Andy Frizzell was doing a production of Lear at the Bloomsbury. And Ah. Viv came to see it, and he was just like, the best production of Lear I've ever seen. And that's how Andy ended up working with Viv. Um, But I'd say Sir Henry is very much that sort of impotent, aged 
ruler, you know, yeah. at no. Rawlinson End that Leah mm. is. Yeah, well, I mean, Leah is Leah's the most fascinating um, play of Shakespeare because mm. you've got to play it honestly. You know, you've it's that lovely thing. It's the declension of character that you've got going on there. And it's Alzheimer's. It's mm -hmm. it's Alzheimer's until at the end, it's losing the capacity to swallow comes yeah. into play. Oh, that's that's beautiful. And that final speech that he gives while he's, he's there holding his daughter's body and she's got the rope around her neck because she's being hung, uh, hanged. Oh, it it's beautiful. It's beautiful stuff to play, you know, that stuff. I mean, Leah bet, is... yeah. God, Leah is the most difficult bloody thing I've ever done. We're going to light a cigar whilst we discuss this. Ooh, hark, hark, ooh, um, I, I think that... But it's a beautiful thing to play. But there's a reality to it that I think you don't get in a lot of other Shakespeare's. I mean, within Hamlet, you've got the whole thing with the ghost, and it's quite outlandish in some ways. Mm. Whereas Lear is simply a poor old sod who's losing his marbles, mm. you know, and... That's that's lovely, and the stuff. Tell you the stuff that's lovely, of course, to play is the whole thing with the with the storm. The storm sequence is just. Isn't oh. there a scene? Um, there is a scene in the dresser where Edward Fox and them have to get on the weather machine and make all the noise. He wants more thunder, doesn't he? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, that's lovely. I did it with. Uh, it was in Smock Alley in Dublin, and it's got these two archways built into the structure. So I'm there giving it the whole, you know, blow, wind, crack your cheeks and all that. And my two daughters appear lit in the archways behind with watering cans. And from that moment, wherever I went on the stage, I was just being actually rained on. And it was bloody cold, I've got to say, which probably helped. But, uh, oh, God, I love that play. I love that play. That's a play that you can revisit time and time and time again. And you find new meanings. And I think you mm. find new meanings. The, more, the older that you get... The more bitsy you understand, you're right there, dear. Yes. Drop just drop your cigar. Um, so you understand more as you get older. Certainly. I think the scene that's very sort of it, it's it's it, it's obviously unnerving, but the one that's very metaphorical is when they put Gloucester's eyes out. Mm, it is that I, that is the the sort of the whole um, thing about being unwilling to see that which you most need to see. Exactly. And it's it's always I, I take that as being a mark of the theatre company when I go and see that being done. Some theatre companies like to take it right up stage. They like to hide it away from the audience and then block each other with their bodies when they're doing it, so that they can just get the prop out their pocket. I hate mm. that because, of course, we're talking about you know 1606. You are talking about a time which when executions would be happening. You mm. had um, that that amazing. Where was it they had the gibbet that could hang, was it 24 people at once? Um, the Tyburn Cross. That's it, yeah. So you've got that sort of thing all around you. I don't think that Shakespeare would have been, take it up stage, hide it. You know, you've well, got to bring that stuff down to the audience. It's visceral, it's horrible. Isn't and Oranges that, and Lemons all about the hangings at Tyburn? I didn't know that. Because the church they used to walk down from was the St. Sepulchre. Hmm. Uh, which is now St. Clement's, I think. I could be wrong. St. Clementine, yeah. I used to do that walk quite a lot down Bayswater Road to Oxford Road, mm. um, Oxford Street. And um, there's so much along there. You know, you've got the site of the Tyburn Cross by Marble Arch. Mm. Um, and there's there's 
You know, we are soaking in the warm bath of history. No, oh, absolutely, dear. Um, yes. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. It and is. I advise all the violence is out of shot, by the way, in the 1983 one. Okay. All of it. All of okay. it. Okay. Which okay. surprised me. That does surprise me, actually. Yeah. But the violence that's there is so horrific that if you're going to show it and you're going to show it well, then you're probably going to make something that for 1983 they would have cut before broadcast. Maybe. Because it's what I horrific what happens. So. Yeah. Great production, imagine. though. Someone mm. wants an introduction to Leia. Mm, Watch absolutely. the master. Oh, yeah. Watch so I'm master. sure that we can put a link to that somewhere. Yeah, it? it's all on YouTube. Mm. It's all on YouTube. Yeah. Um, from the sublime um, to the wonderful ruins. Yeah. But I got the two Dalek films in 4K. There we go. And they're in tins. Oh. Yes. Oh, they look the okay. same, though, don't they? They, they look almost they exactly. are the same. Yes. Yeah, they are the same, the covers. Uh, and I've lost the. I've put the. Yeah, there you go. They've got different coloured Daleks. Oh, and the, and the cast's in a different. Oh, you've got Roy Castle on one. You've got yeah. Lovely Bernard on the other. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Yes. So I, I I've been saving those uh-huh. to avoid the horror of Jules Holland this evening. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, no. dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. If there's anything that makes you feel sick any more than that. Mm, no, I get on to BBC Scotland. Bit of Hogmanay Live. That'll mm. do you. That's all right. Mm. They do it proper. It used to be Jimmy... What was he called? Was it Jimmy... Not Jimmy Logan. Or was it Jimmy Logan? Could have been. Jimmy Shand. Jimmy Shand. That's Jimmy it. Shand and his accordion was one. And... Oh, who's the bloody guy? Ricky oh. Fulton. Ricky Fulton. Oh, so I'm trying yeah. to remember. Scotch and Rye. Yeah. Scotch and Rye, yeah. The Reverend... Uh, I am jolly. I am jolly, that's, that's right. it. Yes. Oh, brilliant stuff. I might no, have that's... some scotch and rye. I've got the best of. Oh, there we are. Have a bit of scotch and rye, that'll do you. That's yeah. That's, yeah. Scottish comedy is 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 an interesting one. You, I'm guessing you've never seen Still Game. No, I have. Absolutely. Oh, have you? Oh, yes. I love oh, Still yeah. Game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. There you go. There you, go. You, you're getting contemporary. Model. I am, a little bit. <laughs> it hasn't been on for about five years, has it? So it's not that I'm not sure. But... Um, no, I, I, I enjoy it. And I love the harshness of it. Yeah. Shut your hole, you dick. There we are. I love the way they speak to each other. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Absolute affection behind it all the time. Yes, yes. Ah, it's a great series, that. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what's on telly. I've not looked. I not don't much. have an aerial, so... Well, I imagine you'll probably have Tom Hardy reading the CBB's mm. bedtime mm. story or... Oh, the Tom Hardy thing. I'm going to finish watching Taboo this evening. It's very right. good, dear. No, 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 no. Yes. Not for me. Oh, you'd love it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You would. It looked quick. That trailer that you sent me looked all flashy. It's very quick. Jonathan Price is in it. Right, I like Jonathan Price. There you go. But that's not enough to sell it to me. That's just not enough. There's some great actors in it. You'd enjoy it. I'm, okay. I'm going to insist we sit down and watch Taboo. Oh, no. Right, who are the great actors? Thomas Hardy, not him. Not that one. Tom Hardy is a brilliant, idiosyncratic actor. You you would find a feast there for you from a performance point of view. He's very, very idiosyncratic. He looks violent. Uh, so did Robert Stevens. Yeah, in a different way, Robert Stevens looked violent. Robert Stevens looked like he might punch you in the nose and then help you up. 
Tom Hardy looks like he'd cut your hands off and throw them into a fish uh, lake sort of thing. Fish lake. Fish lake. Fish uh, lake. I don't know what gangsters do. Do they have crocodiles still, or was that just Pablo Escobar who had his uh, crocodiles? Uh, well, there you go. You know a bit about him. You should watch Narcos, then. Narco. No, I'm not watching Narcos. Oh, it's brilliant. No. No, absolutely it's not. No, brilliant. no, it's not. No, look, I've got a hun- I've got a hundred and what is it? One hundred and twenty discs of Crossroads coming out in four weeks. I've got a build up ready for that. Did you uh, watch Doctor Finley's case book? I did watch Doctor Finley's case book. I enjoyed that. Uh, what else did I watch that is startlingly contemporary? My Fair Lady with Jeremy Brett. Uh, yes. Absolutely, yeah. Very young, beautiful Jeremy Brett in that one. And therefore I didn't notice him. I shall have to watch it again now. But oh, I love that. Do you know why it's called My Fur Lady? I only found out today. Go on. Right. Because of course you think Fur Lady, lovely. It's not just that at all. It's it's a beautiful uh, use of, of language here. Because My Fur is how Eliza pronounces Mayfur. Ah, yeah, I've heard that before. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. wonderful, that. So, yeah. Yes, so I enjoyed watching that, and I enjoyed a bit of Dr. Finley's casebook. What I happened enjoy- in that? Uh, oh, uh, a chap's... Got, well, there's a chap who's got something wrong with his lungs, and it means his winky doesn't work. Mm. So the the episode is called Unfit to Marry, and basically it was Dr. Finley going around, going up to this man's uh, fiance who worked in a hairdresser's, explaining why she couldn't get married to him after all, and in the end she decided not to. Because his winky didn't work. Because his winky didn't work. This is cutting-edge stuff for 1967, dear. I mean, they didn't really say anything about about it. It was all nods and winks and... Oh, that that was enjoyable. May I recommend you get a lodger in if you wish to get pregnant? That sort of thing. This is the sort of thing, yes. Um, So, yeah, that was highly enjoyable. And what I love about it is they used to shoot half of them down in London and half of them at BBC Scotland. And they divide between the studios. And when they were shooting in uh, up at BBC Scotland, of course, all the actors were sourced from there. So you've got authentic Scots accents. When they shoot them down at TV Centre, it's just anyone who's prepared to roll their R's a bit and do a little thing where their inflection's constantly going up like they've got hiccups. It's got some of the worst Scottish accents ever and also some of the best and most authentic. I love it for that. Um, and this was a London episode, so the accents were dreadful. Oh, lovely. The accents aren't great in Peaky Blinders, I have to say. I wouldn't have assumed they would have been. No, they're not. Because you know the Brummy one, for some reason, actors struggle with that. Mm. I don't understand why. I think it's a difficult one to do without without sounding as though you are trying to be comedic. I know what you mean. It, it sort of it, it lends itself to that kind of, of of kind of ridicule, doesn't it? That's it. You, you know, uh, you sound like stupid joke. and depressed. Also, and you, well, no, yeah, th- that's the stereotype, isn't it? I should say. Yeah, yeah. Whereas um, someone like Paddy Considine mm. and Shane Meadows, they've kind of made that Midlands accent much more cool, haven't they? You know. Yeah, they have. It's kind of like that. It moves much faster. Um, so the Brummy one, I tell you, did a, I, I was astonished when I first heard Timothy Spall speak because mm. I, I pff, totally and utterly believed he was a Brummy. Mm. Oh, he's got the but his skill for accents is remarkable, mm. isn't it? He absorbs character. I think that's why he works with Mike Lee. You know, yeah. it's that ability to just become a character through that process. I don't know if I could do that with Mike Lee. I think I'd get a bit cross and say, "Can you just give me a script?" Hmm. I could. I'd love. I'd love that opportunity, Mike. If you're listening, 
I well, love that opportunity. Yeah, Mike, I'll tell you, you was like a writer brother, then. You know. Yes, go on. Uh, in RV Design was Pat Roach, Bomber. Which one's that? Hang on. Because I'm uh, not the okay. big wrestler guy, the ginger one. No? Not the not the skinny chap who died. No, Gary Alton. No, no, no. He was and the other uh, one's the, he was a cockney. The, and the other one's the dwarf. You mean Mogsai? Oh, the Scout Swamp. No, no. Chris Furbank. No, 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 no. Little one. Used to be married to he's does that Tim Healy. That's it, the lady's The dwarf one. Well, isn't he is he not? Norman he's just he's kinda squat, he's kinda muscular. And I, all thought that. A, I thought he was a dwarf. No, 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 no. He just he's he's dwarfish. Oh, okay. Isn't he? He's kind of one of those really hardy, stocky small blokes that they breed up in the northeast. He looks proper. I tell you, you turned know. up at the end of the cleaner. Yeah. James Bolam. Good lord. Now, Good he lord. very rarely does anything these days. Yeah, Jeez, I Ross. wonder if his daughter's involved with the production. Is doesn't his daughter didn't his daughter's production company do that grandpa in your pocket or whatever? Oh uh, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Yes, I think so. No. Oh, that would explain it. Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't do an awful lot these days. No, he's only in at the last knockings, a spit and a cough. Oh, well, there we yeah. are then. Yes. Um, well, I think we've exhausted the seasonal fun. I mean, um, yeah. is there anything we haven't discussed? I had a um, dream last night involving Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson, as in Boris Johnson's mm, dad. Go yeah. on, do explain. Uh, we were talking about the show in March at the Union Chapel, if you want to go. Um... And how I was talking him into coming along, to go on stage. No, 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 just to just to be there. I was going to say buy a ticket. Right. Okay. I don't understand. I don't no. understand. If you were wanting to put him on stage, I mean, I I hate every moment, but I I could see the benefit. Yes, maybe. But just having him in the audience. I don't understand either. It was one of those dreams. Mm. It was a dream where I was selling tickets all the way through mm. to various okay. celebrities. That means the show's incoming, doesn't it? Yes. I, I, I must admit, it has already begun to to mm. sort of prey upon the cerebellum. Yeah, it's just like, just oh, little. shit. Less than <laughs> three months, and we've set ourselves up to do this big show in London. Mm -hmm. Oh, dear. It'll be fabulous. Well, let's hope so. We'll make it magnificent, dear. Yes, well, hmm. Mm. Yes, it yes, will be. I know it will, it be, will be, because, but uh, we better get cracking. Well, we should all be. I've got to say. The journey That's is terrifying, but the end result is always Oh, worthy. the destination uh, is glory. Lovely. Gloriana. Yes. So, yeah. there we go. No, so I, th I, th I think that's it, isn't it? Um, yeah. Mm. Well, you've, got, you've got your cigar. Hmm. I'm going to make some dim sum. Nice. All's good. Well, then remains nothing else to say other than uh, Happy New Year to all of you at home. We hope happy you all New have Year. a happy, peaceful and prosperous 2023. Mm -hmm. And until the next time. Goodbye. Oh, and Happy New Year to you, Paul. Oh, and Happy New Year to you as well, dear. Yes. yes. And until but, the next time. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Antidote to Modern Living was presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. Nice thing.